need to, can we want to address this morning? We're going to get back into what we were looking at last week about the, um, somebody was asking about, does God still use dreams and visions and things like that? We were talking about that, but anybody have a real quick question we need this morning? You just want to get back into the lesson, don't you? You got a question? I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> so in Genesis 20, it pertains to where Abimelech and Abram had told him about Sarah being his sister instead of wife. Mm-hmm. And then he was uh, pleading with Abraham and then to, to God. And Genesis 20, uh, basically through 1 through. Yeah, and that, and that really kind of goes along with what we're looking about because obviously um, God speaks to Abimelech, right? Um, in Genesis chapter 20, um, Abraham has, uh, he's in uh, Gerar. And Abimelech, who's the king of Gerar, sees Sarah, sees that she's beautiful, um, basically is going to take her uh, because um, Abraham basically says, she's my sister. Okay. Was that a lie? No, not really. Was it the truth? No, not really. <laughs> um, I mean, yes, she was the sister, but he was also his wife, right? Um, and so, uh, and I, I believe that's why he says in verse number six, why God speaks to Abimelech. He says, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thine heart. In other words, there was no, there was no maliciousness in Abimelech's heart when he did this. He did it simply out of ignorance because of what Abraham had said. Um, he was just acting upon what Abraham said. Uh, Abraham fearing for his life, thinking that uh, Abimelech would kill him or somebody would kill him because uh, of Sarah and how beautiful she was to be able to get Sarah. So he says, hey, don't say that you're my wife. Say that you're my sister, which, again, was kind of a half-truth, but not the full truth. And so that's what they said. And so Abimelech, acting upon that knowledge that, oh, this is just his sister, says, well, hey, you know, I'm going to take her uh, to be my wife. And that's when God says to Abimelech, hey, um, no, 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 no. Um, and, and I don't, and again, I, I think it's very clear that God said to him in a dream, yeah, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thine heart, right? Um, and that's why even Abimelech, or God tells Abimelech, I've withheld you from committing this sin, right? Um, because you, you, you were ignorant about this. You, you've been deceived. You've been duped in all of this. Um, and so God keeps Abimelech from committing this sin. Um, now, here, here's the thing, though, right? When we're talking about free will, did, a, did Abimelech have to obey? He didn't have to listen to God. He could have went ahead and tried to do it anyway. Now, I think, again, I can't prove this, all right, there's nothing in the Bible that says this, 
But if Abimelech would have just simply ignored what God had said and went ahead and tried to do it, I think God probably would have either killed him or God would have done something else to keep him from committing this, this sin, right? But just because God said don't do it doesn't mean that Abimelech didn't have a choice in the matter. No, he still had a choice, right? And that's why you find it says, um, therefore Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants, told all these things in their ears, and the men, then Abimelech called Abraham, right? So Abimelech is simply responding to what God said. Now, he's responding in the right way, but he didn't have to. Again, Abimelech is, uh, is, is not necessarily what we would say a believer or anything. And so Abimelech could have said, hey, I don't care what you say. You know, I think, I think this lady's beautiful, and I'm going to take her anyway. Could have done that, right? Um, but again, I think if he would have made that decision, God probably would have done something to him to keep him from doing this. Because, again, you have to understand, this is not just anyone. This is Abraham and Sarah who's going to be the foundation of the, the nation of Israel, okay? Um, and so, yes... He has free will, and God did speak to him and say, don't do this, but he still had to make the choice whether he was going to listen to God or not listen to God. Right, Rob? Right. Yeah. You think he would have learned his lesson, and you think Sarah would have slapped him around the first time a little bit enough and said, don't do that again. Um, yeah, Jacob did it as well. Yeah, I wonder where he got that from. Or no, Isaac. Isaac did it. Yeah, Isaac. <clears throat> um, so yeah, so that's interesting because again, it's talking about a dream that Abimelech has, right? Abimelech has this dream um, and God speaks to him through this dream. So what we were looking at last week was, does God still speak to people through dreams um, and revelations, visions, things like that? And if so, how do we know when it is God and not just a dream? Um, do you need an interpreter? Like like Daniel, obviously, um, Abimelech here did not need an interpreter to understand his dream, but yet in several times, even in Genesis, when Pharaoh had the dream of the, um, the seven fat cows and the seven lean cows and the butler had his dream and the baker had his dream and uh, in, um, in Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and they don't understand these dreams. And so what did they have to have? They had to have an interpreter, right? So do dreams have to have an interpreter? Um, and so these are just kind of some questions we're looking at um, this morning. Uh, we kind of started a little bit about this yet last week. Basically, simply just laying the foundation of we have to, we have to distinguish, um, you know, kind of between visions and dreams um, and really define our terms, what we mean when we say, does God still speak to people through visions, dreams, revelations, and things like this? Um, and that's kind of what we were talking about last week. Does God still speak to people today to give them a new revelation or something that we do not have in the word of God, as God did to the prophets, as God did with the apostles, right? He would give them uh, visions. He would give them dreams um, and even speak to them revelation, right? So does God still do that today in that manner, right? When we're talking about, when we're dealing with the word of God, what God wants people to know based upon his word, does God still speak to people through dreams and revelations and visions to give his word to men and women today? Does God still do that? 
we would say no, God does not do that. Okay. Now again, we, we know that there are religious groups that would say, yes, God is still speaking. Okay. Um, but the problem is, is we know that the Bible says not only in first Corinthians in Proverbs and even in revelation, the Bible says, look, when God's word is complete, it's done. There's nothing else that needs to be added to it. Okay. We don't add to it. Right. Yes. We understand that it took approximately 1600 years for the Bible to be completed. When you're talking about from the time that Moses is writing the book of Genesis and obviously you have Job as well. And then going all the way through the book of revelation it took approximately about 1600 years. And yes, at that time, men did not have all of scripture. They did not have all the word of God, which is why if you go back to first Corinthians chapter 13 and Paul speaks about this several times, um, In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 9, he says, For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Right? In other words, it's, it's not complete. We, we are understanding in part. We're prophesying in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Right? Uh, he, verse number 12. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Okay? So Paul speaks about this several times, saying, look, we don't, we don't have the full understanding of everything yet. Okay? Now, the, the benefit that we have today, obviously we would say, well, you know, it'd been really neat to live during Jesus' time and actually get to hear Jesus speak and see Jesus do miracles, and there's no doubt about that, right? There's no doubt about that. But here's the thing. During that time, they did not have the completed Word of God. God's Word wasn't complete. They had the Old Testament, and the Old Testament was complete, but the New Testament wasn't. Okay, and so through the through the, the 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 apostles, God is giving the New Testament, which is to the church. Right, uh, the New Testament is being the the church age, and um, the church is being founded and and then being established, and uh, now the church is is moving uh, moving forward. But there comes a time again, and I think we talked about this um, several weeks ago. We talked about how. Um, the sign gifts and things like this were only for the apostles. They weren't for every believer. They were only for those uh, 11 apostles who were there when Jesus was speaking to them in the upper room uh, in Mark chapter 16 and saying, you know, if you believe and you'll go and preach the gospel, then these signs will follow you. Okay. And at the end of Mark chapter 16, what they do, they went and preached, And the Bible says the word of the Lord confirming them with signs following. Okay. So the purpose of the signs was for the apostles as they were preaching the gospel, this new covenant, this new testament, that salvation is by grace, right? We're not under the law anymore. Okay. We're under grace, right? Um, and so when we, when we say, is God, does God speak to people through revelation and dreams and visions and things? If we're talking about new, something new coming from God, right? We don't believe that takes place. Okay. That's, that's done. Okay. And that's why he says we, we know in part and we prophesy in part, but then that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part shall be done away. And what's he talk about being done away? The, the sign gifts, right? Um, the tongues, the, the prophecy, the knowledge, all that stuff's going to be done. It's going to be finished. Okay. Go with me to first Peter chapter one. I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1. 
So Peter is writing to Jewish believers, right? And what does he say in verse number 16? He says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, wherein we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Okay? For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellence, from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. So Peter says, I heard the voice of God say, this is my beloved Son. I saw Jesus transfigured. I saw Moses and Elijah on the mount there with him. I saw these things. I heard these things. Right? That's pretty clear. And we know that that's true, right? But watch what Peter says. Peter says, just because I saw this, just because I heard this, isn't why you should believe me. What does he say in the next verse? He says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation... For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Right? So Peter says, don't just believe me because I say it. Right? He says, I want you to believe it because it's in the word of God. It's in the word of God. Right? Anyone, and, here, and here's, here's where the, the, the real big issue begins to come. Right? Anyone can say they received some revelation or they received some vision or they received, you know, whatever, right? Anybody can say that, okay? So how do we know if it's true or not? How do we know if it's true, right? I remember one time in Uganda, these two ladies came, they were talking to me, and they said, God gave us a vision. And in the vision, God told us that we were to go and be preachers. And I said, ma'am, God did not tell you that. You say, well, how could you say that to them? They said that God had to give them a vision. Well, I know that God didn't give them a vision. Not that I'm not saying that God can't give visions. I just know God didn't give them that vision. Do you know why? Because it contradicts the Bible. God is not going to give something in his word and then say, oh, by the way, now 2,000 years later, I've changed it, and it's not, it's not that way anymore. Right? God specifically says women are not to be preachers. They're not to usurp authority in the church as far as spiritual authority, okay? They're not to be preachers. They're not to be pastors. They can, they can teach. They can give the gospel. They can do many, many things, but God says they're not to be pastors. They're not to be preachers, okay? So for these two ladies to come to me and say that God gave them a vision, uh, that they were supposed to be preachers, I already know. They didn't get no vision from God about this because what they're saying to me contradicts the word of God, it contradicts God's word, okay? And that's why Peter says, hey, we have a more sure word of prophecy, right? This is where our authority comes from, not from a vision or a dream, right? And watch what he says here, and this is, this is so important here. In uh, verse number 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. In other words, if somebody is going to say something that God told me this, God gave me this, I should be able to check it with the word of God and it should be absolutely accurate. 
Well, you know, it's something new. Wait, it can't be anything new. Then you're saying you now have a private message from God that no one else has, and only you are the one who knows what it means. Really? That's, that's a bold claim. That you have a private message from God, and God didn't give this to anybody else except you, and only you know what this message means. No, 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 that's not what God says. Pa- Peter says there is no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. And that's why Peter says, hey, you check you check it with the word of God. Go to, go to 1 John. We're going to get into a couple things here in just, in just a second. But in 1 John, um, 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse number 1. What, is, what does he say? Beloved, believe not every spirit. Just because somebody says they got something from God doesn't mean it's true. Just because they say, oh, I got something from God. Oh, that we have to believe them. Uh, no. He says, believe not every spirit, right? But try the spirits, whether they are of God. Why? Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. He says, you better test it. When somebody says, oh, this is from God, you better check it and test it and make sure it really is from God because there's many false prophets that are out there, he says. So how do I check something? How do I test something to know whether it's really from God or not? Well, God didn't give me the vision. God didn't give me the, the dream. God didn't give me the revelation. So how do I know if it's really from God or not? I check it with the word of God. What I know is true. This is God's word. It's true from beginning to end. There's no errors. There's no mistakes in it. So if somebody comes and says, hey, you know, God's, uh, you know, I had, a, I had this dream and, uh, you know, I really believe that, that God wants me to, uh, to go into my neighborhood and to give the gospel to people. Go for it. Sounds pretty good. I've already tested that. You know how? Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, here's the thing. Was it some new vision, some new revelation, some new dream? No, no, no. It wasn't something new. Somehow God just worked in their life and really gave them a a burden to do this, and so they're going to do it. Great. I I know that's right there in the Word of God. It's right there. Somebody comes and says, well, you know, we're going to start some, uh, you know, we're going to start some, God gave me this revelation. We're going to start some new denomination, and we're not really going to have a part with the Bible. We're going to kind of get our own book. And Whoa, we got a big problem here, buddy. Not from God. Not from God. You, you, you try to get away from this book. You try to say that you don't need this. We got some other book, right? Isn't that interesting how all these other religions have another book? They got another book. Why? Because we don't really like what this one says. Well, the problem is this is where the truth is. And this is the one we have to base everything off of, right? So, so when we're talking about a new revelation, a vision or dream or whatever that's tri- that we're saying God is trying to give us something new, no. God's done with that. God's done giving new revelation. Everything that we need to know is right here, okay? And by the way, this will take you a while to figure it out too, right? I mean, guys have been studying this book for thousands of years, and we still don't understand it all, right? Um, and so when we're talking about something new, uh, a new revelation, a new vision, or something that 
we're saying God is bringing some new doctrine, some new philosophy, some new teaching or whatever. No, 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 no. No, we've got to go back to the Word of God. Okay? So, but can God still speak to people through dreams? Well, let's just kind of look at the Bible. And again, let's understand what a, a dream is and what a vision is, right? A dream is simply uh, something that happens when a person is asleep, right? It is a visual or an oral sensation that a sleeping person experiences, right? Um, whether it's because of, you know, whatever. I remember, I don't know if my mom remembers this or not. You remember the dream that you told us about? Maybe I'm going to get in trouble for this. Um, we, we were, you had a dream about, something, about elephants or something, like elephants and the, the dogs or something. Do you remember anything about it? She doesn't even remember the dream. She doesn't want to remember that dream. Maybe I had the dream about it, and I thought it was her. Anyway, I remember, I, I thought it was my mom. Maybe it wasn't, but I remember her telling, I thought she was telling us about this dream where she had, like, elephants and the elephants and the dogs and, and all this kind of stuff. And, like, you know, so what, what is the spiritual application to this? Exactly right. I'm, 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 that's probably very true, right? And here's the thing. This is where we have, we have to be very careful to try to spiritualize any type of dream or, or something like this, right? Because many times dreams simply happen because of something that we ate, something that we watched, uh, our subconscious and things like that. And so we have to be careful about dreams, right? A vision is witnessing something that is supernatural that is not visible to the naked eye, right? It's, it's a supernatural thing that we're experiencing that's it's not, you're not in a dream, you're not asleep, um, but... Yet it's not something that everyone is seeing, right? Somebody give me an example of somebody that had a vision, not a dream, but a vision in Scripture. Not a dream, but a vision. Somebody give me an example of a vision. Greg? Peter on the rooftop, right? Peter's on the rooftop. He's not, he's not asleep. He's not sleeping, right? Um, and he has this, this vision. What happens? He sees this sheet that comes down out of heaven, and in the sheet is all manner of animals and things like this, and God says, rise and eat. And Peter says, no, not so, Lord. And Peter says he had this vision three times, right? Three times he had this vision, okay? He was not asleep. He was seeing something that God was showing him. It was something supernatural, right? And here, here's the thing about it. He wasn't even revealing something new, to Peter in this vision. There was no, there was no new revelation in this vision. What was the whole purpose of this vision that God gives to Peter when he's on the top of the roof there in, in, in Joppa? What's the whole purpose of this vision? Rob? Well, that, that was the vision, but what was the purpose of the vision? What, right. So the purpose of this vision is there was a man by the name of Cornelius that wanted to know about God. Cornelius was a Gentile, and the Jews at this time thought that the gospel was only supposed to be for the, for the Jews. They weren't giving the gospel out to the Gentiles, even though... <laughs> Even though Jesus had told them right before he ascended, they were to go into all Judea and Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth. 
but they didn't do that. And so if Cornelius would have just come, or if he would have sent somebody to come, and they would have knocked on Peter's door there, and they said, hey, a man by the name of Cornelius wants you to come, and, and he wants to know more about God, Peter probably would have been like, nope, sorry, he's a Gentile. And so because God knew Peter's heart about that, God uses this vision to say, hey, Peter, even the Jews are, are, or even the Gentiles are able to be saved, right? And he uses that whole vision there, right? And so that what happens? When they knock on the door and they said, hey, Cornelius wants you to come and talk to you about, uh, talk to you about God, Peter says, all right, let's go, right? And so God used this vision to help Peter to understand that he did need to go and give the gospel to the Gentiles. It wasn't just for the Jews, but it wasn't a new revelation. Peter didn't receive any new revelation, he, was, he simply received what God had already said. God was just emphasizing that, go, yes, even the Gentiles can, can have this, right? T- somebody tell me another vision that we find in Scripture. Not a dream, but a vision. Rob? John, the book of yeah, the whole book of Revelation is a vision, right? It's a, it's a, it's a vision. John is having this vision, okay? Um, and John even says, he's, where, where is John when he has this vision? He's on the Isle of Patmos. Right, all this stuff that John sees didn't take place in the Isle of Patmos. Right, it's taking some of it's taking place in heaven, some of it's taking place on the earth, some of it's taking place in Jerusalem, some of it's taking place in Babylon. I mean, it's all over the place. Well, how is John able to to be in all those places? Because it wasn't something physical; it was a vision that he was seeing. Okay, and God was showing him all these things. It was a vision as well as a revelation. Right? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. By the way, the book of the Revelation is not Revelations. It's not the book of the Revelations. It's one revelation. Right? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay? Um, and so there, there are revelations that we find throughout Scripture. Right? In the Old Testament, God used dreams and visions to reveal his, his plan and his purpose, and to further his plans, right? Let's just think of a few of these. In Genesis chapter 15, 1, Abraham has a vision, um, and God reminds him of the promise that he's going to have, that, that God has given to him, right? Um, sometimes, again, especially in the beginning, um, whether it was a vision, whether it was a dream or something, sometimes, as we just saw in the case uh, that Brother Greg brought out in Genesis, was that 20? I don't remember where that was now. But uh, God simply just spoke to him, Right? Uh, what, what about, um, Eli, right? I'm sorry, not Eli, Samuel. Um, when Samuel's with Eli as he's a young boy in the temple, Samuel doesn't have a vision. Samuel doesn't have a dream. God simply speaks to Eli, right? And so sometimes God would just speak to someone. Sometimes God would use a vision. Sometimes God would use a dream, right? Um, in Genesis 28, uh, you have, uh, Jacob having that, that dream of the ladder, um, ascending and, um, and, descending and the angels going up and down the ladder. Okay. Um, again, there's, there's a dream that Jacob is having. Um, in, uh, in Genesis 37, you have Joseph's dream, right? Joseph dream has a dream and of the sheaves bow of uh, the 11 sheaves bowing down to his sheaf and, uh, the, the sun, moon, and the stars bowing down to him. And of course that doesn't make his brothers happy. doesn't make anybody else happy. Right. Um, because you know, of this dream that he had. Okay. Um, you have, uh, Genesis 40, uh, Pharaoh's cup, cupbearer and the baker, they have the dream, right? Um, in Genesis 41, Pharaoh has the dream, uh, judges chapter seven. Um, there's a Midianite and it's interesting to see how God even uses other people's 
dreams and things. So Gideon is like, I just don't know if God's going to be able to, to do this. I don't know if we're going to be able to defeat this army, uh, the Midianites and the Amalekites. I mean, they're like the sand of the sea down here. And so God says, Gideon, go down and, and, and just listen. And so Gideon goes down to the camp of the Midianites and he comes up to a tent. And what does he hear taking place inside? There's two guys inside. And one of the guys says, man, I had a dream. And I had this dream and this thing happened and this other thing happened. And the other guy says, well, that's none other than, than Gideon, right? I mean, this is going to happen. Um, so God even gave this dream to unbelievers, right? Even as God spoke to, to Abimelech, right? Uh, in 1 Kings uh, chapter 3, Solomon's dream. Uh, and God speaks to Solomon through that dream about what he, would, what, what he wants, right? And Solomon asked for wisdom. Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 4, you have visions uh, and dreams here. Nebuchadnezzar's dream and then Daniel's vision and uh, all of these different things. And so throughout the Old Testament, we find God using dreams and visions to reveal his plan um, and further his plan and what God's going to be doing. In the New Testament, um, visions were to give information that was basically unavailable elsewhere, right? Again, specifically dealing with, with Jesus and the church. Um, you had visions and things, God, uh, giving men visions and revelations specifically with, uh, with the church. I mean, Paul says, uh, he received more revelations than anybody else because God was using him to lay the foundation for the church. Yeah. Brother Corey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so, so I mean, even throughout, throughout the New Testament, we find visions and dreams, right? Um, Zacharias. Um, I mean, what happened with Zacharias? I mean, an angel appears right to him, right there in the temple, okay? Uh, an angel appears to him about John the Baptist. Um, you have uh, the angel appearing to uh, Joseph and Mary, uh, and then about the birth of Jesus, and then, of course, even later on, moving to, to Egypt, um, in Matthew chapter 27, Pilate's wife had a dream and says, hey, in this dream, you know, don't, don't mess with this guy. Leave this guy alone, right? Um, so even Pilate's wife had a dream. Uh, Ananias to go to Paul in Acts chapter 9. Uh, Acts chapter 10, Cornelius to send uh, to Peter. Uh, in Acts chapter 10, uh, in later part, Cornelius to go to Cor- uh, Peter to go to Cornelius. Um, in Acts chapter 16, Paul to go to Macedonia. Uh, in Acts chapter 18, Paul to keep preaching in Corinth. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul's visions of heaven and uh, biblical doctrine and things like that. So throughout the New Testament, we find many of these visions as well, right? Um, so all throughout Old Testament, New Testament, we find God using visions and dreams in people's lives, okay? Now, bring, bring to today, does God still then use dreams and visions in people's lives today? Again, defining what we mean, if we're talking about revelation, if we're talking about something new or, or whatever, no, God doesn't do that, okay? God's not going to use dreams and revelations because everything that we need to know is right here in the Word of God. It's finished, okay? Um, so is it possible for God to speak to people through dreams or something like that? I, I would say it's possible, but it's not a common everyday occurrence, and we have to be careful um, that we're not, um, sometimes we can want a spiritual event to happen. Sometimes we can just take a dream and try to make it something spiritual or whatever. Um, 
if you think about this, Paul was saved because of a vision, right? Paul was saved because of vision, that vision that he had on the road to Damascus. Philip was sent to the Ethiopian eunuch because of a vision. Of a vision. Ananias was sent to Paul because of a vision. So I'm not going to say God doesn't speak to people through, through dreams and things like that today, right? Um, because I, I believe that God can still work in people's hearts and lives, and God can use a dream, okay? God can use anything he wants, okay, including, including dreams. But I, I think we have to be very, very careful that we don't just start looking for dreams and trying to spiritualize them, right? We must use discernment. Not all claims are true, okay? Not all, claim, all, not all claims are true, right? Um, um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, notice in verse number 14, or verse 13, For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostle of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. Okay? So it's very easy for Satan to try to deceive people in this. And there's no doubt that many people are being deceived by Satan through these things, okay? Um, and that's why, again, we have to go back to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say, right? Um, if, we're, if we're basing dreams and visions and things um, of new revelation and God spoke to me about this and this needs to be done, you know, whatever, that's, that's not happening, okay? Um, and, and Satan is going to counterfeit those things. Again, I, I have no idea what those two ladies saw or what they, I, I don't know. But I can tell you this, it wasn't of God. It wasn't God telling them to go and become preachers. It wasn't God. Because it's totally opposite of what God has said. Yeah, Lucas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that relates to any prophecy, but I, what, what is prophecy and what's written? Oh, yeah, that, that's re, that relates to all of prophecy that we're even in today. When you go back and look at the prophecy of the, the Medio Persian Empire, the, 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 the whole image, the gold, the silver, the bronze, all of that, that's all prophecy dealing with what even we're in today. It all deals with Revelation and things like that. Revelation and Daniel are really almost, they go hand in hand in a lot of cases. So a lot of that prophecy is what we're dealing with today. Um, and you have all of those, um, those empires that have taken place. When, Daniel's prof- when Daniel has that dream, he's under the Nebuchadnezzar. That's that golden, uh, the golden head. And then later what's going to happen, you have the Medio persian Empire that's going to take over, right? Cyrus, right? And then later you're going to have uh, Alexander the Great. And then later, you're going to have the Roman Empire. All of that's prophecy that's dealing with Israel. Is, is it prophecy because it's telling us what is to come? Yes. That's what makes it prophecy. Yes, that is, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So prophecy, yeah, prophecy, and again, we have to understand there are two types of prophecy. There's prophecy that is foretelling, right? 
But then there are, there's also a prophecy that is what we call forthtelling. In other words, the explanation of it. Okay? Like a lot of times in the New Testament when you see about the prophets, okay, they weren't having some new revelation of what was going to happen in the future. They were helping to teach and explain that prophecy that had been explained or that had been given. Right? So there's, there's, two, there's two aspects of prophecy. There's telling this is going to happen, but then there's also, okay, what does that mean? And then you're going to have somebody that's going to be able to help explain that. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's a good question. Yeah. Very good. Um, so, again, we have to use discernment because Satan is he's a counterfeiter. He's gonna he's gonna try to um, deceive people. And by the way, dreams and visions and things can be faked. They can be faked. Right. Um, look in Ezekiel chapter thirteen. Ezekiel, we've got to go quick here, run out of time. Ezekiel chapter 13. What does Ezekiel say? In verse number six, they have seen vanity and lying divination, saying, the Lord saith, and the Lord hath not sent them. And they have made others to hope that they would confirm the word. Have ye not seen a vain vision? And have ye not spoken a lying divination? Whereas ye say, the Lord saith it, albeit I have not spoken. So God says there's going to be people that are going to claim visions and revelation. Thing God said, I I got nothing to do with that. It can be faked. People can make up stuff. And again... Uh, you can go back to First John chapter four, where we were just at about how these false prophets are trying to come up with these these things. Okay, um, and even if some are true, here's the thing that we have to. And again, going back to what Peter says, even if some of them are true, our attention should be on the word of God, not the individual or the the dream. the The attention has to be on what does God say, the word of God. Right. Not so much on the dream, not so much on the individual and be like, oh, man, that person had a dream. Does that mean he's more spiritual? No, 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 that has nothing to do with it. Right. And and again, in some religions, that that's what makes you more spiritual. Right. Your dreams and visions. And and that's why everybody's always trying to outdo everybody else. Well, I had this dream. Well, I had this dream. Well, I had this vision. Well, my vision was greater than your vision. Right. No. And that's why we've got to use discernment things. All right. There's a couple more things I'd like to say, but we're out of time. Folks are waiting. So we're going to have to stop there. Right.